This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Take Command Podcast from Odyssey Sport. Thanks, everyone, watching live on YouTube as we go here and everyone here in the digital studio as well. So far, so good, Logan. Uh, we, we don't screw this up in the last 15 minutes. Maybe they'll let us do it again. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it feels like it's going early. We got some, those, both those questions were great. Really good. Great questions, yeah. Really good. Uh, so Dennis is watching on YouTube. I, I don't know how this is going to go. I, I've got a new feature that we're going to try out. I'm going to hit to show Dennis. Oh, there it is. Matt did it. Uh, biggest key for the commanders to beat, not tie the Giants on Sunday. Love the pod, fellas. Thanks, Dennis. Appreciate you. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for watching on YouTube and getting your comment in. So uh, if you have to isolate, like, if they do this, I feel like it's the most important thing. What do you feel like that thing is for Sunday? This is always very challenging. It's fair. It's hard to be like specific with this because I hate talking in generalities about a game. But the the main thing for me as an off, a former offensive player is if you can put New York in a situation where they're like 10 points down, 10 points down, let's say with that, I think – they all of this little cute game plan stuff that they do matching round formations play pass it kind of goes out the window and if you look at what philly did is they basically said we are going to score a lot of points early and it wasn't easy i think everyone thinks that that game was i talked about this in the the wednesday show it wasn't easy for them to score points but Mm -hmm. if you can leverage them out of that they get into more like like any team would they get into more drop back stuff and they stink at that they're not good at it (laughs) <laughs> right. I'm glad you said that. They're not good at it. So to me, that is going to be a huge element. And I look at the first game and I'm like, those opportunities for a 14 nothing first quarter are there. Right. You miss the throw to Logan Thomas. You, um, you know, like there's the, the read to Jahan with this little bit of pressure. You miss that. That is easily 14 points. So, again, that's 14 to zero. The complexion of that j- game changes dramatically. Right. There's also the special teams kind of miscues that I think led to some conservatism, you know, on those drives in the, I think it was the second and third quarters. I don't remember exactly, but just managing some of that, managing some of those mistakes. And then if you, if you're up by 14, this defense will eat this offense up because again, they have to transition out of what makes them really effective. Yeah. I am going to stick, even though we we've talked a little bit about this earlier with Jones, I'm going to stick with making sure Jones doesn't beat you with his legs. I think if you are more diligent about him as a scrambler and him as a runner in general, they can't get first downs and sustain drives and score points without that element. And so I hear what you're saying in terms of resource allocation and you want to definitely do what you're good at. And I think that the commanders just execute their defensive game plan. They're fine. But like that game plan should include 
spies. It should include uh, a heavy uh, emphasis on containing Jones yeah. and not letting him escape the pocket because especially with Saquon banged up, they're not good enough. And especially with, with St. Juice back to, to follow Slayton around if you want to do that. He's their only guy. Yeah. And if they don't have Jones picking up first downs, Jones getting chunk plays with his legs, Jones scrambling and then making throws off schedule, they don't have much. And good so, I, obviously, if Taylor executes on, on the offensive side and, and all of a sudden you're up big, like, yeah, that's going to that's gonna go well. But in terms of a biggest key that's likely to fall within the parameters of the game and, and things that are controllable, they've got to do a better job on Jones. He, I think he had 71 yards in the last game on the ground. Like, if you can keep that number down, even in the 40s, like, I, I just don't see how the Giants generate enough offense to compete if the Commanders get their standards 17 to 23. Yeah, I think, I, I, I mean, that to me is, in terms of defensive approach, like, it's Daniel Jones or bust. And I think it's also important to try and mitigate some of what he does from an explosive play standpoint. You know, the first scramble he has in that game, which is for, like, 17 yards, 18 yards, I don't remember exactly, you know, there's a post wide open down the middle of the field that just so happens he can't see because the tight end loses in protection and he catches a pressure. They have, he has the ability to affect the game with his arm as well. So as much as you want to talk about him as a runner, like that's where I think Benjamin St. Juice addition back is really critical because they can take shots. They can hurt you down the field and they are scrappy enough defensively that a couple of big plays can totally change the complexion of the game, right? So um, I agree to me, defensively, the key, Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, because he, quite frankly, is the only thing they have. Like, you look at Darius Slayton, everyone says, oh, look at Darius Slayton, he's, you know, 4-3 fast, he's an explosive player. He has the highest drop rate of any receiver in the NFL. Yeah, like, he catches one of those balls on the, the last drive last week, the commanders are screwed. That's not a tie game, that's an L. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think that that's something, you mentioned Saquon being hurt. Like it's it's Daniel Jones. He's the guy that makes this go, and it's and it's the play calling around him, the play design around him that gets that done. So um, I agree, and I think defense. Like, but I do think that if the offense can score some points, you put your defense in a much better situation early on to kind of just totally suffocate that offense. All right, so we're nearing the end of a live show, Logan. So what does that mean? That means Linnell's going to appear. Oh, this is yeah, so Linnell's, exciting. Linnell, Linnell, of course, uh, comes in at the end of the show for a countdown to kickoff on, on Sundays. Uh, by the way, we are live on Sunday. This this is where we're used to talking to each other in front of a live audience slogan. Uh, Sundays, <laughs> uh, countdown to kickoff. Uh, we are 6 to 8.20 before Linnell and uh, Denton take you for Burgundy and Gold Game Day live during Sunday Night Football. Uh, but L- Linnell not going to pop on the actual video with us. He, but he does uh, in the chat want to know, what solutions do you have to improve the red zone offense? OC Paulson, yeah. where 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 are our red zone issues beginning, and how do they end? Well, Linnell, that is a very Linnell question of you. I would say, um, you know, I put I put a video up on my Instagram yesterday that kind of details some of my thoughts on this, and it has some video to go with it. So make sure you check that out. And what I will say about the red zone is, I think Scott has actually done a very good job in the red zone of, of designing plays that put our offense in better positions to be successful. And if you look at over the last two weeks, like if they hit on one or two plays, uh, which are wide open against the Giants, they're at 60%, which is top 10 in the NFL. If you look at the game against Atlanta, there's two, again, wide open opportunities for them to score touchdowns. They're at 66% in that game, which puts you at fifth in the NFL, right? So they are not 
far off. And I think the fact that these plays are open in the secondary and they, that Scott has, again, he's done a Scott in the red zone. Some of these plays done a really nice job of scheming up, dictating coverages, right? Via personnel, understanding what the coordinator likes to do in certain situations and then calling plays to beat those coverages. I think he's done a great job of that. Yeah. So let's actually, let's, let's open up some detailed notebook stuff here real quick, because I think you just made a really important point uh, in terms of dictating in the red zone coordinators, defensive coordinators, playbooks in the red zone shrink massively. Like there are teams that will run like one coverage in the red zone. Like there, there were teams that when I was covering, uh, the, the league day to day or covering the commanders day to day, they you know, you'd ask an offensive player like, Oh, well, what's this? What's that? And they'd be like, yeah, in the red zone, they run quarters. Like, mm-hmm. That's it. Like, yeah. That's what, that's what they do. They just run quarters. And so, you know, obviously a lot of teams run man down there. Um, and you see a lot of pick plays at the goal line accordingly. Um, some of those have worked very well for teams. Some of those very famously, the Malcolm Butler play in the Super Bowl have not gone quite as well. Um, you know, so you see, you see stuff like that with relative frequency. You also have, deep red versus high red, which I think is another like thing that we should parse out here is when this team has gotten in the deep red zone, it's like, all right, we handed it to Brian Robinson and he smashes people in the face and he winds up in the end zone. It's a lot harder though, when you're 12 yards out, you know, what is the play call when you're on the seven yard line, you're kind of in that no man's land in the middle of the red zone, um, where you're trying to figure out what is the best way to attack here. Do I have the, depending on the, the situation, do I have the ability to run the ball here? Um, or do I need to pass it because of time score type of stuff? And those all go into your red zone percentages on the entirety of the season. But that's, that's a lot of caveats, a lot of what ifs, a lot of, you know, uh, background, but ultimately like it comes down to execution down there. And that's the hardest thing is the space also gets really tight. And the only way to expand is vertically and they don't have a lot of vertical threats. And it's why missing guys like Logan Thomas, you know, when, when, Taylor misses those throws. Those are killers because like you have your big tall guy that expands the space up a little bit and, and you throw it too high over his head. Um, you got to take advantage of those things because it, there's just not a lot of room down there and there's really fast dudes running around all over the place. It's also why you see a lot of red zone turnovers. You yep. know, there's just not a lot of space and you don't see the backside defender who comes and undercuts a throw. So um, I, I guess then to wrap it back into like a question though is at what point do you have to start trying other stuff? Like Taylor's got to be able to hit what you call, you know, if, if consistently he's not hitting the stuff that you call, you got to try something else. Um, Cause it's clear that's, that's not something that he's very good at. So is there a way to find stuff that he likes or is, is it all misses on different things for different reasons? And you feel good that if you come back to some of the stuff that you've done, he'll hit it the next time. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I kind of would lean into the idea that he'll hit it next time because I, yeah. again, Scott or the play, whoever is doing their red zone stuff, cause it's not always the OC. Usually they like subcontract that out to, you know, the quarterback coach or the tight end coach, whoever is doing that has done a really nice job of putting them in an excellent position to be successful down there. And I look at the Atlanta game, for example, like the throw to John Bates is just a tick late, right? The, the miss to Jahan, which everyone's been talking about again, is just a tick late. And I do feel like he's being Taylor's being a little bit conservative in the red zone and being a little bit more deliberate. And so if I'm Scott, if I'm Zampezi, I'm kind of kind of say, hey man, remember, we have cultivated this space. Trust your receiver to enter the space and be on time with the football. And so if he does that, that's two touchdowns right there, you know, and everyone's feeling happy and we're we got one of the best red zone offenses in the NFL, which is crazy to say. Yeah. But that would be fantastic. I, I also that. think another thing that is important 
is that on some of these plays, like the one to Jahan, for example, like Taylor could be on time, but also the pressure, I think, is another thing that affects it, right? Against there's a against Atlanta, there's a Tampa two coverage, really beautiful play design. You know, a guy sits over the ball, post by number two Jahan, and there's, I mean, you won't see a bigger hole in the red zone in your whole life, and he can't get the ball there because there's a little bit of pressure, and that's something yeah. that we've known about. You know, with the offensive line having some struggles, and that's one of the reasons why it's been tough in the red zone too, because again. The, the windows are tighter, the timing's more acute, and Scott's done a good job of, to my eye anyway, of creating nice throws, at least over the last two weeks, and creating good opportunities there. But again, if you can't protect it, and it's not like the protection calls are bad. It's not like anything like that. Like, you know, I look at the uh, the pressure that he had on the Jahan play, for example. You know, they're, they got Larson on Dexter Lawrence, and Dexter Lawrence is their best pass rusher but they also have a slide that way. So there's a double team to start, but Leno loses inside, which is fine because he's to the side of the slide. So Norwell has to leave. And then he's in a, then uh, Larson's in a one-on-one situation with the best pass rusher on their team. Right? So again, you've schemed it up appropriately. You've got the double team where it's supposed to be, but just kind of how the play shakes out, which happens in football all the time, you're put in a bad spot. So um, this is part of, why football is frustrating and to a certain extent is because it takes all 11 guys. So if you're deficient in one area, it's going to expose you, right? If the quarterback's a little bit late, it's going to expose you. And that's why certain quarterbacks are more effective in the red zone, right? Because they have a little bit more stronger arm. They have a little bit more anticipation, which is weird because Taylor's also very good at throwing with anticipation. So yeah. that's, uh, I don't know why he kind of turtles up in those moments. Maybe he's worried, maybe the field goal and, Maybe they're talking in his ear, like, don't make a mistake here. But I do think that um, Scott and the offensive staff have done a solid job. So in terms of improving, just about taking these opportunities that are there and then winning your one-on-ones and making plays. And, like, you know, I've been on teams where the red zone stuff is completely covered and there's nothing going on. You kind of say, well, shoot, you know, they're, we need to do something schematically better. Here, that's not the case. Like, schematically – it's there. It's just if I'm a if I'm on this team and I'm playing offensive line or tight end, whatever I'm saying, that's on us as players. Like we got to be a little bit better there. And I think they would say the same thing. Yeah, and we've we've seen uh, Taylor execute some of this stuff uh, throughout the season and, and even in the preseason. I'm trying to remember was it to Cam, uh, the one he had in the preseason. Um, he, oh he yeah, had yeah, someone yeah. on like a beautiful uh, right. seam ball that that is thrown with fantastic anticipation, and we're all going. Oh yeah, that's what that this offense is supposed to look like. Right, and and those kind of moments are where you succeed in the red zone. And he's had a couple of them. Uh, the touchdown to Gibson uh, right. that they had this year, like red zone stuff, works when it's in timing, or it works when you're doing the crazy scramble drill. And if if you're a tick late, it's not going to work. And and unfortunately, they've been a tick late, uh, a tick too often, if you will, right. uh, this season. All right, that's that's our first live show. We did yeah, it. Yeah, it was fun, man. Great did, questions. We, we and, did the pod. And yeah. now now Matt gets to go edit it and put it up on the internet for everyone else to listen to. Which, if you're listening to it later, thank Matt because he did it. Uh, you can subscribe wherever you are watching or listening right now. Of course, the Odyssey Sports YouTube page for full episodes. Some of y'all are watching live as this unfolded. Uh, if not, there's a chance to watch the full thing back 
on Odyssey Sports YouTube page, youtube.com slash at Odyssey Sports. Uh, we also post clips on 106.7 The Fans YouTube page and on mine, youtube.com slash at Craig Hoffman. There, you can catch my interview with Monday night or Sunday Night Football play-by-play announcer Mike Tirico. Uh, that will be up shortly on my YouTube page. In fact, by anyone who's watching this back's uh, status, and it'll be up now, so go check that out. Nice uh, of flex, course, Craig. Good job. Yeah, right there. Uh, <laughs> when... Uh, <laughs> That's going to get cut out for use later. <laughs> anyway, uh, you can also check us out wherever you're listening. Of course, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the always free Odyssey app. Uh, I'll see you all on the radio, uh, 3 o'clock for the Hoffman Show. We'll see you 6 o'clock for Countdown to Kickoff on Sunday night, leading to Sunday night football. See you then. Let's go. Well, Sunday night football around the corner. Exciting, man. Yeah. Take command. <laughs>